livepodcasts.fm. Good to know. This podcast is a Prime Media Broadcasting production. Only on livepodcasts.fm will you find topics on issues you overlook as a consumer. Good to know. I'm Wendy Nola, and thanks for downloading this podcast. The Good to Know podcast draws on my many years of experience as a consumer journalist to share tips that keep you from being ripped off. You can subscribe to receive every podcast in the series. Just visit livepodcast.fm or go to the podcast app of your choice. Please also rate and review the podcast. That way it gets shared far and wide and even more people can benefit from it. On the fly, how to survive airline travel in South Africa. A few days ago, I spotted yet another tweet from an outraged South African woman who'd arrived at her destination to find the bag that she'd checked in had been pilfered. My very expensive perfume, a graduation gift from Mama, she wrote, was stolen. I've never felt so heartbroken in my life. And there followed a string of tweets from people who'd had a similar experience, perfume coming up a lot. The thing is, most people know these days not to check in valuables, the traditional ones, your electronic goods, your jewelry, all that type of stuff. But we've still got to pack our stuff. And to most of us, everything that's in there is valuable, as they put it. Have you packed any valuables? Yes, well, everything's valuable to me. What are you talking about? So designer clothes are getting nicked. And perfume is the number one most nicked item out of checked-in baggage, certainly through our Tambo Airport, which is a hotspot for pilfering. So people are feeling quite um, torn about this because, as someone uh, tweeted, we can't pack anything over 100 mils in our carry-on case and we'd like to smell now, so we've got to pack up perfumes. <laughs> so all the advice starts being shared on Twitter. Put it in the pants of your, of your jeans, put it here, put it there. And I said, well, how about stashing your perfume in a pack of sanitary pads because those guys ain't going to be wanting to touch that in your luggage. So it sounds ridiculous, but... Uh, have to say it's probably a really good idea. When it comes to pilfering, unfortunately, whatever your stuff is worth, um, even though you may have taken the airline's insurance, all the airlines work on an international formula when it comes to compensating people for stuff being stolen out of their bags. So it's a certain amount per kilo. It works out to very, very little. You know, your beautiful designer top or whatever is not going to weigh very much and you're going to get a fraction of of, of, of its actual worth. So insure your stuff with your own insurer is a much better idea. And I always say get into the habit of, as you're about to close your case that you're intending to check in, just take photos. It's so easy for us these days with our smartphones. Just click once or twice, then you have a record of what it is that you packed for claiming purposes. A lot of people have the view that it's not worth standing in the queue and filling in all the forms to report pilferage from from their their check-in luggage because it's not going to have any positive outcome for them. But I say, please, please take the time to report it so that at least their pilferage stats are accurate because whenever I take up a story, they say, oh, actually our stats are down on last year. It isn't a problem. But my inbox and stuff you see on social media indicates otherwise. It must be said, obviously, the, the such pilferage does spark over Christmas and over Easter because there are far more of us traveling, but it's 
clearly remains a problem. And if the authorities are going to feel invested to deal with it, they must at least be working with accurate figures. So please just take the trouble as irritating and as irritated as you are about what's happened to you. Just take the trouble, please, to to report it. On to things that you cannot carry on board. A relative of mine was really annoyed. She's from England, but she stopped off in Durban and then flew to Cape Town over the time of the Olive Festival at uh, Rebecca Castile. And she bought a few bottles of olive oil to take back with her on her flight to Durban. And she was chatting as she does to the woman checking her in at the mango counter and mentioned that she had this, went to this lovely festival, olive festival, and she bought this olive oil. And the woman said, whoa, 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 sorry, did you say you've got olive oil in your luggage? And she said, yes, I do. And she said, sorry, that is a no-go for us on mango. It's banned, absolutely outright. And she said, even if I put it in my hand luggage, yes, even if you put it in your hand luggage, you may not bring any olive oil on board. She was rather miffed about that, to put it mildly, and made sure that she filled in the forms to get it donated to someone rather than um, be destroyed. And then asked me to look into it. It was a first for me. I must say I'd never heard that one can't take olive oil or any other kinds of edible oil for that matter onto any flight. And it turns out, yes, it is. Olive oil is indeed a no-go item that uh, Chicken Clark was absolutely correct to confiscate the two little bottles of oil. The explanation I got went like this. The background as to why olive oil is not permitted on a flight is due to a few reasons. The most practical being that should the bottle break, it could cause damage to baggage. The passenger's baggage and those within the vicinity. Furthermore, the aircraft would need to be cleaned using a specialized cleaning method which would delay the flight and related operations. Oil has the propensity to damage, but importantly, it can become flammable under certain situations. So whether it makes a mess or it's flammable and so you can't bring it on in the same way as you can't bring in other flammable liquids is not clear. But you can't take on any oils. You can't take on mango. You can't take on sunflower oil, massage oil, engine oil, or anything like that. I had quite an extensive look at the other airlines' terms and conditions around what you can and can't take on. And olive oil, edible oils didn't seem to feature there. So do do your own checks. But know for sure that if you're flying, (laughs) if you come down to an olive festival in Cape Town or you visit any of the many olive and wine farms, if you do want to take olive oil back best you don't say anything about it and perhaps the safest thing is to not choose mango for your flight back to wherever you're going to then i had a question i've had a few questions from people saying can an airline prohibit you from taking your own beer or wine on board why should you be able to eat your wimpy burger on board and wash it down with a Fago cappuccino at cruising altitude, but not unscrew your own chosen bottle of wine. So I took this up with the South African Civil Aviation Authority because I was told that the ban on BYO was a directive that came from that body. Spokesman Kabela Ladwaba said that the Civil Aviation Authority's regulations don't actually mention acceptable quantities of onboard alcohol consumption, and they are actually silent on whether passengers may board with and drink their own alcohol or not. So <laughs> it's not in the, in the regulations of the Civil Aviation Authority that it's not there where the outlawing happens. But, says Ladwaba, the regulations do indicate that passenger intoxication and unruly behavior should be dealt with by the airline. That includes barring them from boarding and restraining them mid-flight. 
And then this, each passenger on board an aeroplane shall obey any command issued by a crew member in the performance of his or her duties. Often, in fact, almost always, it's alcohol that fuels air rage incidents. So I asked about that and Ladwaba said, only when the alcohol-fueled incidents escalate to an act of unlawful interference, does that have to be reported to the South African Civil Aviation Authority? I was rather hoping to get some statistics on drunk and disorderly South Africans on board, but unfortunately that was as far as I got. So I'm thinking, while it's not strictly in Civil Aviation uh, Authority's regulations that you may not take your own on board, clearly at the root of this is not so much the fact that they want to sell you their marked up alcohol, but the fact that they can actually control the amount that you're buying and consuming. And what they really don't want is somebody sitting on board with a 750 mil of red and proceeding to polish the lot on a two hour flight. So that's as far as I got with that. Best you just buy your booze on board. Before I leave the subject of what not to take on board, just another funny one. I thought it was funny. Clearly the airline concern didn't, but um, do not take aboard any any toy snakes, no matter how obviously toy-like they are, there's a good chance that your child's plush toy will be confiscated. It happened recently. It wasn't the airline that confiscated it. It was AXA Security saying that it was too lifelike, which was fairly laughable if you think of a plush toy. The feeling is that with so many South Africans possessing a very real and intense fear of snakes, if the snake had to be spotted on board, it could cause mayhem and panic, and that's really not what you want on a plane. So, so that was that. So be very careful. What you might think is just a benign toy could be construed as something that presents a very real danger on board a plane. So to avoid your child being unnecessarily bereft at the at its toy being um, confiscated, just rather don't take the, the scary reptile toys on board. Same goes for toy guns. You wouldn't think you'd have to say that, but I have had a case recently where grandparents traveling with their young grandchild were very annoyed that his very obviously, according to them, toy gun was confiscated for well, obvious reasons there. Anything resembling a gun, even in the slightest, is not going to be tolerated in an airport and certainly not on a flight. Okay, so the other big issue is, given that bag pilferage is a very real and present danger to all of us, more and more people want to uh, opting to take only carry-on luggage on board. I certainly, for the last few years, even travelling overseas, I invested in the biggest, lightest suitcase that would be cabin compliant and that's how I travel even overseas. It, it actually becomes quite an, a fun challenge at a certain point to get that right but it makes you not have to worry about missing your tight connection because you're waiting for your luggage and you certainly don't have to worry about pilferage and if your plane is delayed and you have to overnight in London which happened to me you're not left with having to rewear the clothes that you've already worn for more hours than you'd care to mention because you have everything with you. There are certain things you have to know, though, if you're going to go the route of only taking carry-on. If you travel as regularly as I do, you will know that many people haven't quite mastered it. So they try and sneak on, you know, because you don't have to check in at a counter anymore, you can do it online. The first time anyone sees your luggage is when you're about to board the plane. So you will see many people having their two big bags taken away from them, tagged, and then put in the hold, which is not great, especially if you've put things in there that you regard as valuables, your electronics, your jewellery, your money, whatever. If any of that gets stolen from the hold area, they do not compensate you 
at all. That, that I have no sympathy for. But what's starting to happen is on certain airlines is they will take your bag away from you, even if it conforms to the size regulations, which is briefly 56 centimeters by 36 centimeters by 23 centimeters. They all go for that and no more than seven kilograms, except in the case of SAA, which is eight kilograms for um, your cabin luggage, for some reason, an extra kilogram. So even if your bag conforms to the correct size and weight regulations, in many cases, your bag will be taken away from you anyway. I've got very wise to that because they say the plane is full and when you get on the plane, there's plenty of overhead space. Not fair. And I have actually on occasion, I will say, marched back to where I've left my case and whipped it back and said there's plenty of space on board. Because I play fair though, when I've got overhead, stuff to put in the overhead, I get into the boarding queue very early so I don't sit around until the very last minute. I stand in that queue or I pay for priority boarding or whatever. I make sure that it's not overweight and it's not too big and I'll march on. Now there's a trick to this. I'm saying this only if your luggage is compliant. I'm not speaking to the people who push it and make life miserable for the rest of us because they can't fit their bags in and whatever. And it's very obviously too big. Do not wheel it when you get to those women who are deciding which bags to take away. Do not wheel it. That's their eyes are just trained. That's where they go and they'll want to take it away from you. So what I do is I pick it up by the handle and I swing it around as I'm walking nonchalantly in this sort of, oh, this is so light sort of a way. I've had a 100% success rate with that method, I have to say, but I wouldn't rate your chances if you try and do that having got on into that boarding queue very late because understandably the overheads could very well be full by that point and you're just pushing your luck. So get into that queue early and pick that bag up off its wheels and off you go. And finally, and I say this as someone that travels every week, <laughs> if you've got to the airport late for whatever reason and now you've, and it's sort of rush hour or leading up to rush hour and those security uh, queues are massive and you get to the point where you have to split, certainly at Johannesburg Airport, always choose the queue with the, with the fewest men in it. And I say this because <laughs> we women carry handbags, right? So we don't have our phone, our keys, and all the rest of it in different pockets on our bodies. We have them all in the handbags. So it's very, we don't have to stand there and laboriously empty our pockets and try and figure out if we found everything and this check this pocket and that pocket. We just stick the bag on and it's got everything in it and off it goes. So my little tip <laughs> for travelers is try that. I'm sure you'll find that um, what I say is true. So there you have it. Use, don't use. If you have any other key SA air travel survival tips to share, I'd be happy to hear them. My email address is consumer at nola, K-N-O-W-L-E-R dot C-O dot Z-A. I hope you found this episode of Good to Know useful. My aim is to protect you from being ripped off. So if there are issues you'd like me to cover in more depth in future episodes, feel free to tweet me on at Wendy Nola. You won't want to miss my next podcast in this series, so be sure to subscribe on livepodcasts.fm or in the podcast app of your choice. Please also rate and review the podcast. That way, listening communities know I'm here. Livepodcasts.fm Good to know. This podcast is a Prime Media Broadcasting production. Only on LifePodcasts.fm will you find topics on issues you overlook as a consumer. Good to know.